Welcome back to our podcast. I am Courtney. And I'm Robbie. And this week we are going to talk about the content marketing strategy. Oh, I love good content. (laughs) (laughs) And Robbie, this is your wheelhouse. It is. I I have to admit, I'm a content nerd. I'm a junkie. I I love it. (laughs) I love love good content. (laughs) So I have some questions prepped for you. All right, let's do it. So let's dive in. So the first thing I would love to know is how do you go about identifying your target audience? That's a really good question. And everyone kind of has their own approach. HubSpot has their way of doing it. You know, other technologies have their ways of doing it. Mine really comes down to what my goals are. Mm. Um, Like, let's think about what we want to achieve. Do we want to achieve a certain dollar amount? Do we want to res- do we want to tap into a specific group of people? So I'm going to use an example that we've been we've been working with here at Leap and Lizard Labels, um, and that's procurement officers. So one of the things that I I looked into was like, you know, our target audience, our 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 goal is to reach out to these. You know, maybe like we love small businesses. Don't get me wrong. We love small businesses. Yes. But we also love medium-sized businesses, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Um, they, they help us continue to work with the small businesses as well. So in kind of looking at this, I started thinking, you know, who is making the decisions for medium-sized businesses? And I've worked for a few different medium-sized businesses And like nine times out of 10, it's some sort of like procurement person who deals directly with vendors, um, you know, vets vendors, make sure, makes sure that they align with the company's goals and and their culture. With that in mind, we kind of thought, okay, our target audience is going to be medium sized businesses with procurement officers. That makes sense. Um, Or like director of procurement, head of procurement, um, you know, things like that. So... Um, so th- we kind of worked backwards. We looked at our goal. We thought, you know, who is most likely to help us achieve that goal? And then who within that that subset is most likely to be the decision maker, um, you know, to, to carry that through? Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And kind of continuing on that, that kind of segues into the buyer persona. Yeah. So, you know, with buyer personas, the, f- the first step in that is identifying your target audience. We've identified procurement officers as our target audience, procurement, you know, head of procurement, et cetera. So when developing a buyer persona, I really sat down to try and get in the mind of a buyer, of, of the buyer. Yeah. So I looked at like socioeconomic, um, you know, Things like, um, are they predominantly male or female? Mm. You know, what's the salary range? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? Where are they going for news? Where are they, you know, what, what are the biggest problems that they have? What's going to make their life easier? So asking myself all these questions and doing a, a ton of research, you know, a good buyer persona is not just something that you can come up with based on what you already know. It's about how well you can dig. Absolutely. So, you know, really digging in and finding the information, um, you know, salary ranges, um, you know, socioeconomics, locations. Maybe we wanted to target procurement officers only on the West Coast. Mm. You know, we also in the buyer persona also looked at things like, do we want to work with publicly or privately traded companies? That makes sense. You know, do we want to look, do we want to work with businesses with over 200 employees? You know, 
So we really, we really started to narrow down the, you know, the, the procurement officer buyer persona based on all of these different factors. And it's a lot of data work and I'm a data nerd. (laughs) So it was really fun to like see everything and kind of build out a complete profile. That's awesome. And you mentioned something in that where really identifying the problem Mm -hmm. that we are hoping to solve. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So I have to give a shout out to a procurement officer that I worked with at at one of my previous employers. Her name is Ellen. And love you, Ellen. (laughs) Um, And I, I learned a lot from her because I listened to her a lot. And one of the biggest pain points that she always said was, I'm so tired of people messaging me on LinkedIn. I'm so tired of everyone reaching out to me. Um, I've got so many different vendors. I've got so many different problems that I'm trying to solve. Mm. And for every problem, I've got 50 people reaching out to me to try and solve it. So one of the first things that I thought of was, okay, procurement officers are overwhelmed, right? And they have to go through and and find the right person for everything. So we created an entire campaign on vetting your vendors. So it's an ebook on how to vet your vendors. We wrote articles about it. You know, we featured it in our newsletter and and that really spoke to a pain point, right? That's awesome. But ultimately what you wanna do is you wanna find whatever problem it is that your person is having. So if, you know, we went very, very micro with that. Yes. We targeted one specific person, procurement officers. We can look at it from a macro perspective though and kind of zoom out and we can say, you know, we can even be more general. Let's let's take some of our clients for example. They need labels. Okay? Let's get very general with it. They need labels. Now, like last episode we talked about coffee labels, you know, we we can get very honed in. Absolutely. But The problem is they need labels. They need them at the right cost. They need uh, a simplified process. They don't want to have to talk to people on the phone all day. You know, they want things done for them and done right. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. So you can, you can go, you know, with these buyer personas and target audiences, you can go as, you know, deep down the rabbit hole as you want, or you can stay as high level as you want. If you're looking for high quality labels, stickers, banners, floor decals, and window clings, look no further than Leap and Lizard Labels. We use top-notch products to ensure the perfect delivery every time. Our family-owned business has been serving the continental U.S. for over 13 years. We're so sure you'll love our products, we're offering new customers 20% off their first order. With no order minimums and no setup fees, there's zero risk to trying us out. Email us at team at leapinlizardlabels.com and mention coupon code LEAPSUNBOUND for 20% off your first order. That's team at leapinlizardlabels.com, mentioning coupon code LEAPSUNBOUND for 20% off your first order. We know that not every strategy works for every business. Yeah. So it's all about defining a strategy that works for us and them. And so can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think when we were sitting down to come up with our content strategy, 
we had to look at like, okay, what resources do we have available? Do we have the people to execute a good content strategy? Or are we going to be constantly spinning our wheels and things are constantly going to be a problem and everyone's always going to feel behind, you know? So that's a big one. Like just identifying resources and figuring out what you can and can't manage, what Mm -hmm. you can and can't handle. Likewise, it's meeting your audience where they are. So like our content strategy had to be very closely aligned with our social strategy to make sure that, you know, if we're producing all of this content, it doesn't just sit on our blog, it goes somewhere. So, you know, we involved our social media manager to make sure that as we're publishing, you know, content, it's, it's always being pushed out to our larger audiences. We loop it in with our email marketing strategy. So, you know, again, we're meeting people where they are, but not overextending ourselves as a team. That makes a lot of sense. And so with that and meeting them, we talk about lead generation mm-hmm. and what that looks like. So can you speak to that? A bit? Yeah. So, so we kind of came up with a, a, a strategy, uh, a content strategy here at Leap and Lizard where we would post twice a week on our blog. Um, with with keyword rich content that that really is aiming to solve problems, and we kind of focused that we would post both on a micro and a macro level. So our content strategy was really we're going to solve problems for the procurement officer or for the band manager that needs band stickers or yes. you know whatever it may be. But we're also going to post stuff that's that's higher level. Maybe it's you know, how to measure your label or, you know, for labels, how, you know, what materials you might want to use that's more general to our industry. That way we're kind of, you know, getting, uh, getting everything that we need. We're getting our more general people and we're getting our more specific people. Absolutely. And from there, we also started to look at um, an inbound strategy. And of course, I mean, we follow the HubSpot methodology, you know, it's, I mean, there's a reason it's so popular. There's a reason it works. So, you know, we, we looked at um, ebooks that we could create to really solve some of these problems. To give another example, we realized that a lot of people are designing on Canva. Not everyone is investing thousands of dollars in design school and 100%. design <laughs> software and, you know, and, or graphic designers. We have clients that are solopreneurs, you know. Absolutely. And, and maybe they're making candles and they need their labels, but they don't have $500 to pay a graphic designer. So they jump on Canva, they create something. Well, what we were finding was that people were creating stuff that's not compatible with the print-ready files that we need. That makes sense. So we started publishing blogs and eBooks on how to create print, print-ready files using Canva or design tips using Canva. And we're generating leads through those based on search of people who are creating labels on Canva. And so we may not have been their first stop, but then we become their last stop and their most important stop. Absolutely, and it and it's really important. It sounds like that when you generate these leads through these eBooks and blogs, that it's really important that you nurture these leads. Oh yes, yeah, lead nurturing. I mean, if you're not lead nurturing, then the first two steps of your content marketing strategy are pointless. Mm. You don't need to be blogging. You don't need to be doing eBooks if you're not lead nurturing. 
it's it's just so important to make sure that you know if somebody comes to your website and downloads an ebook that you follow up with them mm-hmm. now i hate creepy lead nurturing like can you explain that a little bit yes okay <laughs> so i have experienced in the past where like i've put in all my information on a form this happened to me just the other night actually um I submitted for like a form for a chiropractor, okay? And within like five minutes, I got an email. I got uh, a Facebook ad served to me. And I got a text message that was meant to be from, you know, from Ashley, the front desk person. But it was at like 1130 at night. So Ashley was not texting me. No. And so that like... That's why lead nurturing shouldn't be about fooling people. Makes it should sense. be about being honest with people. Mm. I would have responded much better to that text message had it just said, we're not open right now, but I but I would love to send you information tomorrow morning. Absolutely. But not like, hey, Robert, you coming in for your back cracking? You know, like... At midnight? <laughs> yeah, see you later, <laughs> Ashley. Like, I love personalization, but I don't like it when it, you know, isn't... When we don't take into consideration where people are and what they're doing. Absolutely. So, you know, a a good lead nurture stream is, you know, continually following up based on their interactions with you. Like, you know, HubSpot has this system where where they look at your email health, right? And your unsubscribes count negatively toward your email health. So you want to nurture these leads, but you don't want to nurture them so much that they feel the need to click unsubscribe. That makes so much sense. So we're not bothering them. We are actively contributing to to them. So with like an ebook that we create on how to design using Canva, our lead nurture stream may be three to five emails over the course of two to three months. But, uh, you know, if they haven't become a customer... But in that, those emails for two to three months, we're adding value. That so now we're sense. saying, hey, you downloaded our Designing on Canva ebook. Check out this, e- this ebook on, you know, eight ways to grow your business organically. Mm. You know, so we're adding more value every time we contact them. And we're building a relationship digitally. Absolutely. You know, just like we talked about last week, we talked about building community at trade shows, we're building community online. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's, I, I think lead nurturing is, is just as important as lead generation. It's just as important as, you know, your top of the funnel activity. Absolutely. So, because you're just trying to push people down the sales funnel. A hundred percent. So I would say, I mean, that is a really um, in-depth, high level, you know, a little oxymoron there. A little bit of both. A little bit of both of content marketing strategy. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, it's don't be afraid. Don't okay. be afraid to, to, to make mistakes. You know, the, the last piece of a content marketing strategy is data and analytics. Yeah. Reviewing and, and seeing like, maybe that blog didn't perform well. Or maybe that email nurture stream didn't get any opens, you know, and that's fine. But then you start to look at why. Exactly. And you start to say, maybe I need to change my email subjects, or maybe I need to space them out more, or maybe that blog content didn't perform because it wasn't answering the question. Mm. It wasn't providing a solution to the problem. So you start to look at things and you start to test. 
That's what marketing is. It's one big experiment that you repeat over and over and over again, differently expecting different results. Exactly. It's learning. Yes. Learning and evolving and changing. Constantly. Always. Yep. Well, that is fantastic. Thank you so much Thank you. for joining us this week. Uh, we look forward to next episode. So stay tuned and have a fantastic rest of your day.